Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. Over the last several weeks, we have been hearing in the book of Ephesians about the grace of God. And the grace of God is something that we do not deserve. I've said that a couple times, more than a couple times in the last several weeks. Something we don't deserve, something we cannot earn, and something we cannot buy. It is impossible to buy something if it is not for sale. The grace of God is not for sale. So the question today is, after hearing this passage of Scripture, is why haven't we partaken in the abundant grace of God that was brought for us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ? And when we think of grace, I don't want us to think of grace just in a, as a theory. I don't want us to think of grace as something that's just out there. I want us to think of grace for what it is. Grace is the real deal and God wants us to enjoy it. Grace, God doesn't want us sitting around thinking and hesitating and making excuses. He wants us to partake in the grace that has been afforded to us. As a matter of fact, God is delighted when we partake in the grace that he offers us. Isn't that good? It's kind of like when, when you're at home and and your mom or your grandmother fixes a nice meal, nothing brings her more joy than seeing her kids sit down and enjoying what they have labeled over. Anybody understand what I'm saying? So this grace, this grace that God is offering us, it's abundant. It, 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 is, it is for us, and God delights when we partake in it. So in this passage that we read, we see God is inviting men and women, to come to the table. Look what it says in, in verse 1. Come eat, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come by and eat. What God is saying here, come buy this wine, come buy this milk without money. He's inviting those who have a need to freely partake and what has already been paid for? Just come, show up, partake in a meal that is prepared for you. Now, when I think of this, I, 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 my question that I question myself with, and I will put it out here to you today, is what's taking us so long to partake in what God has prepared for us? What is taking so long for us to fully partake and what has already been prepared for us? What has already been paid for? What has taken us so long? I, I will say this to us, that this invitation that God has given us, it is too good for us to refuse. And, and it's so important we can't delay in receiving what God has for us. He's saying in this invitation, come and partake in what has been paid for. What he's saying is, I got you. Come to me. 
Trust in me. Rely on me. Let me work in your life. Receive what I have for you. Isn't that good? God is inviting us to come take part of what has already been prepared for us. I got you. The price has already been paid. The invitation is too good, y'all. Have you ever been invited to something that you really didn't want to go to, but when you got there, you had a really good time? Has that happened to anybody that you really didn't go? You really thought, maybe I need to stay home today. I'm tired. But when you went there, this invitation is far greater than any of those those experiences. Far greater. When you show up to God, when you respond to God's invitation, when you respond to God by faith through grace, man, you receive something that's, that's beyond there's no value to it. It, it. it can't be bought. It's so, it's, so, it's so great. You can't put a price on it. Isn't that good news? What God has done for us is so wonderful. We can't put it in a box and put a price tag on it. What God did for us, what God is offering us, it is already taken care of. It's something what kind of price would you put on your child? We all, those of us who have children, what kind of price would you put on them? Somebody came to said, I, I wanted to buy your son. I want to buy one of your sons. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough money to buy one of my children. I know, I know, I hope I'm not by myself here. <laughs> I hope I'm, listen, some of us, some of us, some of us. You know, you, you, you throw out the right number. You can have the middle child. <laughs> but God loves us. Listen, God, God, God took all that he had, gave it up for us, for us, and then invites us that has no money. Listen, listen, I, I want to be, be clear here. This is not about if you're rich. Listen. This is not about if you're poor. What he said, come if you don't have. Why? Because you don't have to worry about having. You don't have to worry about, I don't have enough money. I, 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 I can't afford this. God has said, what I have, you don't have enough money. The richest man in the world can't buy. The poorest man in the world don't have to worry about money because what I'm offering you is free. The price has already been paid. It's free to you. But somebody paid the price. Look at this. It's too urgent to refuse. God is offering us something that, that no matter where we look, we won't be able to find it. We shouldn't go other places looking for only what God can provide. Look at, look, look at verse 2. Verse 2 says this. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Why do we spend? Why do we spend our money on things that can't buy us true happiness? Throughout history, throughout history, not just our time, but men and women have always looked outside of God, seeking satisfaction, 
that only he can provide. When we seek those satisfactions outside of God, guess what happens? If we tell the truth, most times we end up broke, busted, and disgusted. Most times we end up sad, disappointed, wondering, why, why did I even do that? Why? Listen, does anybody, has anybody in their life said, well, one day I finally turned to God after I tried everything else? <laughs> listen, do you know that God was knocking at your heart the whole time? God, that, listen, God was knocking at your heart, and instead of responding to God, you were looking other places for what he was knocking at your heart to give you. So why? Why do, you, why do you spend your money? Why do you waste your time? Why do you find yourself going in circles and in circles, accomplishing nothing? Why do, why do we do those things that it, our efforts produce nothing but heartache, pain, and misery? Why? Why do we get caught up in these things? Because we don't have a clear picture of the abundance of God's grace. God's grace is overflowing. It does not, it does not stop. He's inviting us to partake in this. He's inviting us, even those of us who know him, those of us who know him need to sit at the table. Those of us who have received him in our hearts, we need, listen, if it's possible, we need more of what he has. The grace is abundant. That means it never runs out. That means it's sufficient for all of us. His grace only produces heartache. Listen to this. God says, listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Listen, God says, I got good stuff. I, I got good stuff here. Listen to me. Listen diligently to me. I got what you need. Listen, my mama used to say this, and she says this to, to the day. Uh, uh, listen, a full stomach is a full stomach. My mama said it doesn't matter what's on the table. If you're hungry, if you're hungry, you're going to eat it. Hello? My mama's favorite meals is lima beans. Wasn't my favorite growing up. But my mama would cook a pot of lima beans, and she wouldn't cook again till them lima beans was gone. What she was saying is that you don't eat what was put before you. And so we as children, we refused to eat on Sunday because we didn't like lima beans. We refused to eat on Monday because we didn't like lima beans. But after a while on Tuesday, we got a little hungry. And guess what we had on Tuesday? Lima beans. Are y'all following me? But what God has prepared for us is rich. What's set before us. Is, listen, our eyes have not seen before. Our, our hearts have not experienced before. God is not just putting anything before you. God is not just throwing anything up here. This ain't ramen noodles. This ain't beans and weenies. God is putting before us rich stuff. Amen. And he wants us to partake into it. Listen to what he says to him. Incline your ear and come to hear me. Come to me. Hear that your soul may live. So what he's saying to you is incline your ear to me. He's saying come to me that your soul may live. 
When he says incline your ear, it means lean in. It means to attentively listen. It means to be active about hearing what he has to say. Y'all ever leaned in so you can hear what somebody's saying? And sometimes you've leaned in to hear what folk was saying, and it did not give your soul life. You ever leaned in and somebody whispered something to you that you wish you hadn't heard? That it, it, didn't, it didn't help you. It didn't build you up. It wasn't helpful. It wasn't helpful. It didn't provide any hope. It wasn't necessary. But when we incline our ear to the Lord, when we lean in to hear what the Lord has to say, he's going to pour words into our ears that will cause our soul to live. Amen. He's going to speak life into us. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. That's good stuff. That is good stuff, y'all. When the Lord speaks, he gives words that causes your heart to pat. Are y'all hearing me? This is the stuff that ought to bring us joy, that we've been invited to a table where the Lord wants us to lean in and hear what he has to say. He doesn't want us hearing things that will kill our spirit. He doesn't want us hearing things that's going to tear us down. He wants to give us words. He wants to give us the words of life so we can share those words of life with others. Lean in. He's given us words that promotes unity and shalom, that, pro- listen, that produces joy, that produces oneness. Or we can listen to things that only produce heartache, chaos, and division. And if that's what we're leaning our ear into, if that's what we're leaning our ear into, Father, forgive us for inclining our ears to things that does not produce life, that does not life-giving to our soul. Father, forgive us. I'm like anybody else. I have to pray that prayer sometimes. More times than I want to admit that sometimes I lean into things that's not helpful, that's not uh, producing shalom. I, I know I'm not by myself. That we do. We lean into those things. But God wants us to incline into things that will give us life. Then he talks about this everlasting covenant. And it's talking about, he says, this sure covenant with David because what he promised David that there will always be someone in his lineages to, 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 to sit on the throne. What are you saying? This is a promise that is everlasting. And what God is saying, when you lean into me, I will forever give you words that give you life. That's promise. So when you hear something that is not soul producing, that does not give life to your soul, you know it's not of God. Amen? Listen, if it's not giving your soul life, it's not of God. He says this, this is a promise. This is your promise. Then it is. Look at verse 6. Verse 6, it says, it tells us to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The Lord invites us to his grace that is free and abundant, but is also conditional. So what that means is seeking the Lord must be an intentional. It must not be half-hearted. And guess what, y'all? It's not going to be there forever. There's going to come a time when it's, when it's over. 
there's going to come a time when, listen, you ever been, been to a sale? Go to a sale and you one day too late. It was like, yeah, you should have came yesterday. No matter how you try to talk to them, some, some, some people might say, well, it's, it, it ended yesterday, but, you know, I, I, I'll, let, I'll give you the price from yesterday. But most people are like, no. No, when, 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 when the grace period is over, <laughs> those of us who have received grace are going to enjoy the benefits of God. Those of us who have not, not so much. So it is call on him while he is near. Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And, and this means when we're calling upon him, we are actively pursuing him. And, and I know God has pursued us. I, I get that. I get God, God pursues us. He sent his son Jesus to earth. But when we're here, y'all, is listen, I'm not talking about fire insurance. I'm talking about living a full, total life for him. Amen? We seek him. We seek after him. My prayer is, God, let me not hear no voices louder than I hear yours. That's my prayer in the morning time. God, speak to me clearly that I can hear you throughout the day. Not one voice overrides yours, Father. Help me. So I seek after him. I seek after him to do his will. So I want us to know what, what I mean is seeking after him is not just a rear will alignment. It's a complete overhaul. It ain't just changing some filters. It's, 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 it's rebuilding the entire engine. Are y'all with me? It is about God get being our all in all. It's about us being totally submitted to, submissive to his will. It's about not our will, but his will. It's about us following him. This is the invitation. He's offered this invitation to us. He said, I got you in the very beginning. Come partake in, in what has already been paid for. He tells us this. This is not us, us thinking that we can do this. I don't, I can, I'll do this. God, you do this, and then I'll do the rest. No, it's about God doing everything. It's about us depending on him to be our all in all. We should turn to Lord, receive his mercy, and his pardon. Listen, I'm not just talking about us just, just doing, doing this our way. I'm talking about being completely and totally surrendered unto the Lord. When we are totally, completely surrendered unto the Lord, listen, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have some difficult days. It don't mean that trouble will not knock on our door. What it does mean is that we don't have to go through this alone. It means that we got somebody who's carrying us through this. I used to believe the poem that, when, when I only saw some footprints, that was me walking. And then when I, it was two sets, you was walking with me. Y'all, y'all, y'all know the little poem. It's so cute. But now that I've grown up, listen, the footprints, all the footprints belong to him. He was carrying me. I was on his back. I was on his back. He had me. I was in his hands. It was never me doing anything. It was God doing everything. And this is what he's showing us right here in this passage. I've already done it for you. I've already done it for you. Receive this great invitation. It's too great for us to walk away from. It's too great for us to 
to say, I'll, I'll do it next week. It's too, it's too great for us to say, let me get myself together, because we can't get ourselves together. We can't do it. If we could do it, then we wouldn't need him. If we could do it, there wouldn't have been no need for Jesus. We can't do this. Now, look at this, these last two verses, and then I'm done. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my way, declares the Lord. He's telling us that my thoughts are not your thoughts. I wonder, I wonder why. why. Why was that necessary? Why was that necessary? Neither, neither are my ways your ways. Your ways my ways. Well, why is that necessary? Because what we do is we compare ourselves to others. We look at other people and we declare, I don't do that. We say, I'm better than that person. That person does this. That person has this struggle. I don't have that struggle. And so we get those thoughts in our minds and we tend to think, that we are better than other people. Now, we may never use these words, but when we're comparing ourselves to others, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find how we're not like that person. We're trying to find how we don't need what they need, how they are in worse shape than I am. Well, brothers and sisters, let me tell you, that ain't how God thinks. Hallelujah. That is not how he thinks. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways. So not only does he not think like we think, he don't act like we act. Good news, brothers and sisters. That's good news. You know why? Because his thoughts always come from a place of love. His thoughts, his actions are always based on love. For us, it all depends on how you made us feel. That's how our thoughts are. I, hey, listen, I, I know, I know we're going to say, no, that is not. No, we can't love like he loves. It, it's our desire to love like he loves. Unconditional love. Our thoughts aren't always from a place of love. You know how I know? Because we're human beings. Because we are human beings. Our thoughts are not always from a place of love. Our ways, our actions, the things that we're doing are not always from a place of love. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So when we sit down, what we think about people, God don't think the same way. How we act toward people, God doesn't act the same way. I'm glad, brothers and sisters, I'm glad that even in us, when we act out, God's not thinking about us the way other people think about us. I'm glad God don't think about me the way some people may think about me. Amen? I am glad that God sees me covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm glad that God sees you covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm glad that God pricks my heart sometimes and reminds me that I need the same thing that my brothers and sisters need, that I need the same thing that I'm praying that God would do in their life I need in my life. His thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are my ways his ways. 
good news. Last, the last couple of verses, just, it just assures us. It just assures us that his word will not come to us, return to him void. It lets us know that if I said it, that sells it. You can mark it down. So brothers and sisters, he got us. He wants to, us to incline our ears to him and hear his words that gives our soul life. So my question to you is, what are you waiting on to receive the invitation, to receive by faith through grace, Christ in your heart? Hear his voice. Respond to him as he speaks to your heart. Incline your ears to him. Allow him to speak words that gives your soul life. Brothers and sisters, we need those words that gives our soul life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for the great invitation to come, all of us who thirst. Your word tells us that we can come to you for you are living water. You will quench the thirst. We can come to you for you are the bread of life. We can come to you, God, because you are everything that we need. So, Father, I pray that we, your people, those of us who know you and those of us who will come to know you, that, God, that we will incline our ear to you and receive the words from you that will give our soul life. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.